This podcast is brought to you by Lacrosse All-Stars. Growing the game, one podcast at a time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lacrosse Podcast. My name is Justin Skaggs, and I am your host, along with Rich Snow, who will be here in just a moment to give the weekly recap on what was an amazing set of games. Hope you guys had a great holiday season. My, uh, my wood shop, which is where we actually film and record all this stuff coming out of Philadelphia, is still wrapped in... Uh, you know, a bunch of decorations and things. It's still very festive. We're looking forward to the new year. But there's still some stuff to clean up from this year. We have Jake Bernhardt in the uh, in the studio today. We're going to be interviewing him about the new NCAA rule changes, what that means for him as a coach, and what he, uh, you know, kind of thinks is going to happen with the game. He has a lot of really interesting theories, and uh, he's very vocal on social media. So he and Rich definitely have a lot of things going on, you know, in common. We're going to get into that. But quick recap before we get into the prolonged, you know, like, full-fledged weekly recap, the Roughnecks spoil the Warriors' home opener, the Bandits drop their home opener to the Rock, and the Mammoth were outplayed by the Seals, which, as a Philadelphia Wings fan, eh, you know, at least some expansion team finally got a W, you know, and especially coming out of the gate with it, uh, it, it makes me get a little bit more faith in, in what we got going on here. Um, and then also, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit, apparently Long Island's getting a new team, that's pretty awesome. So, you know, expansion teams for everybody. You guys want a team? Boom, you got one. All right, guys, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Lacrosse Podcast on Lax All-Stars is brought to you by STX and their Alliance 2D. The first handle of its kind. Rigid profile, maximum offset, grit finish. The Alliance 2D gives the player maximum control and feel to help you dominate the competition. Pick up the new Alliance 2D from STX in stores today. All right, we're joined now by my co-host, Rich. Rich, what's going on, man? How's your holiday? Uh, you know, uh, I'm feeling a little under the weather, but... You uh, look like complete and total death. Well, I mean, you know, life, death, you just look how you look sometimes. I appreciate you making it in, even though you, you, you drank like three cups of green tea before you actually did anything today. It was good, though. It was good. Whatever gets you back, man. Whew. Is that your phone? You son of a bitch. You're ruining this podcast. I'm a right. semi-professional. Semi We're semi-pro. We're a semi-pro podcast. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. So the Toronto Rock and the uh, the Bandits. I gotta say, it, it was uh, probably one of the more entertaining things, if only for the off the backboard shots. Yeah, um, it's it's really funny because I guess the second game in the row they had one of those crazy, uh, I guess bounce off the backboard kind of alley oop shots, which I guess uh, you know they're saying it's not a design play, but I mean it. Why? Why wouldn't it be now? At this point, you got to you got to start throwing that in there. I mean, if it's not a design play, I think uh, I think it was Hogarth that actually did it. He he grabbed it and then just started falling to the right away from his defender and just threw it back in. Yeah, I, there's no reason not to. I, yeah, like well, I, I, I like alley oops in basketball. Why not start doing them in lacrosse? But at the end of the day, they did fall to the rock. Uh, it was an entertaining game, but I think uh, the the real the real entertaining game of the weekend was uh, the, the rematch between Calgary and Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty excited to see it. I wanted to see if Calgary was going to be able to bounce back. Not to say uh, whether or not Vancouver's win last time was a fluke, but, uh, you know, I wanted to see if Calgary really was, you know, falling apart. It seems like they did pretty well without, uh, you know, Dixon and, uh, and, and Westberg, but, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. Well, for those who didn't actually catch that game, it ended in 14-8, uh, which is the largest spread of any of the, you know, there's, there's only six games. You can't really draw major conclusions. But I will say it was an answer to their first loss, and uh, I don't know, it just it just seemed like a very dominant game. Yeah, it was a pretty solid one. I really enjoyed that. And then uh, lastly, 
We actually have the San Diego Seals. I really got to tip my hat as uh, a city with an expansion team. I was really just excited to see them win. You know, I, I think it's funny. Everybody was uh, coming into the season questioning how well the expansion teams are going to do. And I know it's just, you know, everybody just had their first game. But, I mean, you know, the Wings and, and the Seals were putting in work. Yeah, know? but, I mean, the, so for those of you guys who, uh, who didn't catch the first week of games or listen to the podcast, we actually made point that Philadelphia was throwing around quite a bit of penalty minutes. And if you actually look at the, the score sheet on this game, San Diego was really well controlled. Yeah. Not only that, they answered both of their power plays. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, was, it, was, it was a very controlled offense and a very controlled defense. I, I got no problem with that. I'm Austin Stas. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really, not to say I don't need to say anymore, but I mean, every, let's say, <clears throat> I had a lot of people on the board. Even Brody, Mary, even Brody Merrill got in there. So I'm, I'm just glad to see the old heads getting some points on the board again. Um, but yeah, I mean, Austin, Austin Stas went off using that old, uh, that old gate torque, bringing it back. I feel like gate's making a resurgence. They might as well just... Uh, they might as well, I think. So uh, for anyone out there who, who isn't a gearhead and just plays, you know, plays the boards and actually watches their, their games, uh, apparently Gate is making a comeback. We can dig into that. I don't know too much, so I, can't, I don't like, have any news to drop. But it was, it was one of the better lacrosse companies, one of the more innovative, you know, uh, second tier, if you want to call it that, lacrosse companies. And yeah, man, we just saw a Gate Torque rip a shot. It's a, it's a fl I mean, flash it's, from the past. It's always been a great head. It always has, yeah. But uh, hopefully we start seeing some new equipment come out from them. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was really awesome just to see, like, a classic stick on play. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. That was awesome. All right, well, we have, uh, you know, that was a great weekend in lacrosse. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I necessarily saw anything that uh, gave me any kind of swing on my interpretation of what's going to happen at the beginning of the future of the season, except for the fact that Calgary isn't going to deal with any crap. Well... I would say that I really like that everybody who won week one lost week two. I didn't want anybody to get too far ahead. Um, yeah, because it is staggered. Is. We're not we're not going to have a steady roster like a, a standing for a couple weeks until these games get played out. Because you were just saying like there's people who've already played two games and there's teams who haven't played any. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Basically, before San Diego had their game, uh, uh, a couple teams had two games already. So luckily they lost or they could have you know. I do. I do need to say that you know. Most of the matchups have been pretty pretty even, and especially you know going back to last week, you can really pinpoint when teams are losing games, and all that stuff is is easily corrected, as you could see with the Vancouver game this week. You know, you change up a couple things, you change the strategy, you come back, and you absolutely dominate the teams from the week prior. So let's give it a couple weeks. We'll figure it out. I know you you made some pretty brash statements last week about who you thought was going to win. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, I guess I guess yeah. we'll look. I'm I'm. Let's want to do your thing. Pardon me. I'll say that. Uh, I would like to see Georgia, you know, do as well as I expect them to, but, I mean, we're going to say who's going to win. Of course, you know, we're bringing, we're bringing that cup to, to Broad Street. No, dude, honestly. If I, if I had to choose right now, just on sheer numbers alone, I'd probably pick Georgia, but I just think it's too early to do anything. I, know that, I mean, that's fair, but I'm going to say, sans penalty minutes, I feel like Philadelphia is looking like one of the strongest teams in the league right sans now. Sans penalty minutes? Sans penalty minutes. Yeah, sans. You can't sans something that the entire city I'm is just saying, Listen, what I'm going to say is, we, we are a passionate group. And when you look at that many penalty minutes, we don't even have to put. We play a whole period man down and still put in that much work. I'm Philadelphia just saying, does make be people scared. angry. Be scared. Be scared. Be scared. Philadelphia makes people incredibly angry. All right, let's get into the matchups for the week to come. We actually have a big set of lacrosse coming. We got five games, and then we got a quick break, and then we come back in the new year, 
And uh, we kick off the new year with Philadelphia. We end the year with a game from Philadelphia, and we kick it right off with Philadelphia. I mean, this where, where it's close and open. Begins, yeah. All right, well, let's get into the new schedule right now. So with the, uh, the games coming up this week, you guys are actually going to need to watch some after the fact because at 7.30 we have three separate games, starting off with Saskatchewan versus New England. Um, and then Georgia takes on Toronto. And then you can watch Vancouver play Buffalo, which, which I think is actually going to be the better of the, the more competitive of those games. Um, you know what? I, I, I'd, I'd have to agree. I'm excited to see, Sis I'm excited to see Saskatchewan play. Uh, Say that I'm five a, times fast. Yeah, right. Excited Dude, to see especially with one. It, his nose is so clogged right now. I'm literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at him like he's patient zero. I'm trying week. really hard though. Yeah, I wish you'd just speak more into your microphone instead of bringing that that nasty. I'm projecting. I'm projecting. Just disease my germs and voice my, over here. And my voice. But yeah. All right. So if you guys have to choose, you know, by all means, comment. Let us know which ones you guys think is the game to catch on that. But this you can is... only pick one. I. I don't know. I'm gonna um, watch. You Buffalo. know, honestly, I'm like now that you say that, I'm I'm interested in seeing how this works out. Like, I, they're all on Bleacher Report at the same time. Can we get a multi-screen? Is that how? I have no idea. I guess what you know. Somewhere. We'll talk about that next yeah, week. Let us know. That's the first time that's happened. I don't know. I I was just gonna assume that you'd have to watch them after the fact. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Either way. And then uh, also, whatever game you guys choose to watch, you can watch the San Diego Seals play Calgary at 9 p.m. And then to round that all off. The day after, you can watch Philly play Rochester. And that closes out 2018 for the NLL. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm and then it, excited. it comes right back out on, uh, on the 4th of the new year with Philly and Toronto. So we will be back to recap all of those games. And uh, you know what? I think it's been uh, a really great opener so far. I'm glad they got, <laughs> I'm glad they got all that um, player conflict taken care of or at least calmed down. For the time being. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how much I was missing it. You know, they say, uh, you know, don't it always seem to go. Who the hell says don't it always seems to go? Well, I mean, you don't know what you got till it's gone. That's, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Let's move on from that to Jake Bernhardt, shall we? Let's. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure. In the studio, we have Jake Bernhardt. What's up, man? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No, it's 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 awesome to have you here in Philly. Um, and uh, you know, we're just excited about like the NLL season just kicked off. So anything lacrosse, we're just eating it up. So having you here right now is awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm actually going to catch the game tomorrow. Yes, um, I'm. Also, oh, sorry. Um, uh, yes, we're all excited. You excited? <laughs> I was going to say, listen, the NLL season's finally starting up again. We're all excited. I know we're new to podcasting, but like, <laughs> you're going to have to say something at some point in time. Yeah. So you can you can be as excited as you want. Yeah, I'm. I'm also excited for the game tomorrow. <laughs> That's awesome. So we we have a couple of questions, and uh, also some questions came in from uh, from the internet. And uh, the first and most popular question was, uh, how did you get into the sport of lacrosse? Which I'm sure once we throw out a net to everybody in Lax All-Stars, it's going to be the most predominant question for everybody, but let's hit it. Yeah, so my dad played in college. Um, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, so it wasn't a lot of lacrosse at that time. And um, Coach Dave Cottle at the time was coaching at Loyola College. I had a camp down there, and my dad signed us up for it. And um, that was basically our season. We would go for like three or four days, and then we would uh, – kind of wrap it up for the summer and then we wouldn't go until the following summer for three or four days because we didn't really have a league. And then Coach Cottle kept coming, but he's at the University of Maryland at the time. Um, and at that point, we had joined a, a league in the area. And then uh, he eventually recruited me to the University of Maryland. So 
um, ended up becoming full circle and it was uh, really cool. My brother also played for him with the Bayhawks um, as of recently. Oh, so, wow. Awesome. So I guess it was, it was like meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be weird being down in a place like uh, Florida where there's, there's just not a lot of opportunity to get better. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely growing. There's so much lacrosse because uh, it's, it's such a big state. It's just the coaching is definitely catching up to that, um, you know, because there's just so many kids playing. But uh, over time, you know, there's more and more people that have come down and been transplants to come and, you know, live there and coach and teach and take club programs. Um, so it's on the rise, but it's definitely uh, still very, um, you know, in its beginnings. Something I think this would be helpful. Uh, so. I grew up in an area where there wasn't a lot of lacrosse, um, and I know there's a lot of people with an immense amount of talent at a young age, and they're surrounding, they might be the biggest fish in the pond, you know, so like I, I hear you down in Florida, obviously you've excelled in the sport, so there must have been a situation where you found yourself there, like as a big fish in a small pond. How do you find the competition in those environments and in those areas to get better? So like for a 13 year old right now up in uh, the Bay Area. I was over there this summer. And uh, you know, the Bay Area is not full of lacrosse players. So the best kid in the Bay Area is, I mean, what's he gonna fly across the country? But how do you, how do you find some, some talent to, to sharpen your knives, so to say? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually a college coach too. Coach at University of Vermont, so. Um, oh, we're gonna get into that, yeah, Rich. Yeah, Rich yeah. You, you and Rich <laughs> share some opinions, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. So I'm very familiar with, um, you know, in those kind of, untapped you know areas of the country and you know obviously coming from it but you know um something that my dad used to tell me and my brother because um, we my brother's a year younger than me is that you know you're the best offensive player in the state he's the best defensive player in the state so you know you guys have each other to go against each other on a daily basis and you utilize that so we were able to um and that helped us but for other kids um, you know, just constantly trying to maybe go to camps, learn stuff. That's something nowadays a lot of people don't want to do is go to these instructional camps. It's kind of a dying breed in a way. But, you know, these prospect camps, they offer so much instruction for kids that can take their game to the next level. It's just a matter of them pursuing those opportunities, um, especially a kid coming from, you know, out west uh, to go maybe to the east coast because they do do a lot of travel with the recruiting and um, the showcases and all those other things that they get you know, brought in so many different directions with their club teams. So it's just a matter of kind of carving out some time for themselves to make themselves a better player, not only just their club team. Yeah, what what I hear in that, I, I was just gonna say what I hear in that is, it, it sounds like that might be a situation you gotta kind of take personally. You gotta find your find your competition where you can get it. Yeah, and I mean now, and, and as you said that I was thinking, it was a lot harder before social media got, um, you know, so prevalent and like, I mean, maybe just get get out there and find who in your area plays lacrosse and just, you know, find a defense. I mean, luckily we have each other, but I mean, you know, the worst defenseman and the worst attackman. You know, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we hone each other's skills, but uh, yeah, like, you know, you, um, find a friend. There's 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 got to be somebody out there. Yeah, it's it's really nice when I practice on a sloppy roll dodge. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean? It's like you can see it in slow motion because that's the speed it's actually happening. Well, let's take a quick break and uh, give some love to our sponsor, STX, and we'll be right back. This episode of the Lacrosse Podcast on LAX All-Stars is brought to you by STX and their Alliance 2D. The first handle of its kind, rigid profile, maximum offset, grit finish, the Alliance 2D gives the player maximum control and feel to help you dominate the competition. Pick up the new Alliance 2D from STX in stores today. 
For those uh, for those of you who listen to the podcast, Dumpster Cat, the uh, woodshop mascot, has invaded the shot here. But uh, all right, so you and Rich are actually kindred spirits. I'm just gonna let you guys go at it. Rich, tell them tell them what your buddy buddy. Okay, so we're back with Jake, and uh, and you were telling us about uh, coaching at Vermont. Uh, new college rules. We got the shot clock and the dive. Now I I'm I'm also a big fan of the shot clock. We see you're pretty vocal on uh, on social media. Um, can you tell us how that alters, you know, I guess a bit of your coaching? Style? Oh yeah, that's a good angle. Yeah. yeah what is what what does that do to uh, to 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 coaching this season? I guess. I mean, definitely different a different approach. Um, in my opinion, I think the shot clock takes a lot of the the coaching out of the um, during the game. You know, you can't oh. micromanage the guys too too much. The guys have to be able to go and just play. Oh. Um, so you're going to do a lot of your coaching during the week. And in preparation. Oh, so you kind of have to like get them to a, a higher level of efficiency almost. Yeah, 100%. Oh, that's like, really interesting. Yeah, these guys really have to know the situations that they're in and, and you know, different situations on time on the clock and where the ball is. I mean, I can go on and on about that stuff, but um, you know, it's just going to be more exciting for everyone involved. Um, I think the coaches, you know, I was just watching, I've gotten into hockey a lot recently and you watch the hockey coaches and, you know, they stand in their suits and they're kind of just, you know, looking good the whole game. Yeah. I, mean, what, I mean, they're not coaching during the game because yeah. they're just kind of um, soaking it in and, and in between intermissions and timeouts, they're able to kind of give their instruction or their, um, you know, what they're seeing out there. and. I think that's going to be kind of the same idea that lacrosse is going to go towards. Um, but, you know, it's good. The kids are going to have fun. They're going to be able to just go make plays. And I think it's going to be exciting just because, again, and which is we're going to lead into the dive, but the shot clock is just going to make for things that, you know, happen that maybe didn't happen because you just weren't ready for it. So there's going to be a little more pressure on making something making something happen in that. There's going to be some. I think there's going to be some crazy things. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. But I think it's going to push the pace. It's going to be a, a pretty exciting season. I think you should wear a suit. I mean, I know we're getting off topic. <laughs> I don't think yeah, anybody's going to see that. You could you you would scare the hell out of another team if you just did it for the first time, like opening day. They're like, oh, no, oh, oh, no. fleece line suit. Oh, oh yeah, get one, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Get like a like a big like. One of those like camel camel fur coats, you know what I mean, and a pipe and like a like a hat, and just 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 stand there with a bunch of paper. Talk to him. He's ready. <laughs> that man is ready. So yeah, the dive is is the other thing. Does that uh, alter? Uh, is there like even any coaching strategy behind that, or do you change like a play? Like what's what does that do to you? I wouldn't say there's. Co I mean, there definitely is strategy behind it and when to do it, when not to do it. Um, you also have to take into account now it, with the dive coming back there are there is a penalty if you do make contact with the goalie yeah. one minute penalty and that's going to be something that will you know at some point come up that's going to be controversial or yeah i got a question know. on that like couldn't i mean you have the dive but like you know like a soccer dive couldn't the goalie just eat one well that's what i think some of the coaches are teaching, teaching guys to come out i would totally take a penalty wouldn't you I mean, I, when I played goalie, I was all about hitting also, so I mean, yes, I would definitely make Yeah, because like if the full, so the crease. point of contact with the goalie is when the penalty happens, so the goalie could just, just murk somebody and then get a penalty in their favor, hypothetically, that could be how this starts getting called. Yeah, I mean, if you watch MLL, oh. you know, there are some guys that do that, like Scott, mm -hmm. um, Adam Gittleman. I was going to say, Scott, are, Scott loves a little bit of contact. <laughs> those guys are a little bit more aggressive when it comes to, you know, playing around the crease because they're trying to take away guys' angles, but... I don't believe there's a rule that was in MLL. Um, if you did make contact with the goalie, and if he did, if there was, it wasn't very it never wasn't called. Very much, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And and the way this sport always works out, and I mean even down to like 
13-year-old ball in a county level, you're really playing whatever game the referees decide they're going to call. Sure. You know, so I'm interested. That'll be fun to see that, like, play out and see what that rule actually means on the field and how it's interpreted. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's been a lot of proposals with the coaches the way they sh they want. If you can imagine, like, the back of the goal, they almost want that being put in front of the goal, like another set of lines. Ah. So, like, when you dive. You have to dive across. Oh, yeah, you know, I've also heard it. If you see on some um, media recently, some of the coaches call it the snow cone, where it's kind of like a crease within inside the crease, almost like a small hockey crease. Yeah. Where you can't dive into that. So it's going to be interesting, you know, maybe how the way the game evolves and maybe the next couple of years with, um, you know, the new with rule changes over time. But, um, you know, more and more lines on the field. Great, right? Uh, I'm laughing, and you're you're an old goalie yourself. Yes. But could you imagine getting like all the way to that level, right? No one's been jumping in your business the whole time. Next thing you know, some giant six-two NCAA qualified attackman just starts stuffing you in your house. Hey, man, <laughs> it look. sucks so bad. Hey, I'm a I'm a former football player, and that's that's why they put me on the field. And I would love if somebody built a crease. Let's just say that. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> well, hey, for anybody who's playing, uh, you know, 30-plus senior B ball with Rich and I out here where the competition is very mild, you know, let me tell you, uh, go ahead and hit Rich. Apparently, you just got to ask. Well, hey, man, listen, we want to take uh, a second and uh, tell you thank you, and we're excited to see your season. Um, and we're excited to see how all this stuff plays out and uh, we, we couldn't agree with you more I think this is gonna make a faster more uh, Competitive game like the game that I feel like I used to play when I was a kid. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to it And I just appreciate you guys having me here. And, oh, absolutely. Hey, thanks for coming. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming, man Well, yeah. all right guys, we want to take a second and thank uh, our engineer Joseph Snow STX who is a great sponsor lacks all-stars grow the game and uh, oh, Frank Stanley for our free music. Thank you very much, because we can't afford to buy your music. So thanks for just giving it up. Until next time, guys, I'm Justin. I'm Rich. Take care. Keep laughing.